This is the I Am Fortress podcast, episode 16. Right on into the word. Proverbs 6 and 27 says, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? And to give you some extra context, I'm going to read this next scripture. So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. So, then go back up to verse 25. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. The first thing I think about is a prostitute in the days of Jesus. She's probably got a shroud around her face. And all you can see is her eyelids. And she's winking at you. She's she's fluttering her, her eyelashes at you. And Jesus himself said, If you look upon a woman and lust after her, you've committed adultery. So, As I am in this quarantine due to COVID-19, <coughs> excuse me, um, I'm able to have time to think. I'm able to have time to think about my failures, my mistakes, mistakes and failures that everyday people have and problems out there. So I hope that today's episode can be a little bit encouraging, but also help us realize that we're all equally human. Can a man not take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? So what I'm getting out of this is, is it possible for us to is it possible let's just say is it possible to even touch a fire without getting burned? Is it possible to get very close to the fire and not feel the heat. I think not. So, just as the Word of God says, I can't even remember where, it's, some, it's somewhere in the Psalms or Proverbs, I believe, and it talks about heaping coals of fire on your enemy's head by showing love. So 
So these coals of fire, they're mentioned several times in the Bible. Hot coals. So it once talks about heaping coals of fire on your enemy. But now we're talking about pretty much heaping coals of fire on yourself. And the way you do that is you look at things that are sinful. When you look at things that are not good, it is only a matter of time before you fall apart as a Christian. The truth is, while God is strong, and so are you, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can. The thing is, though, there is several sides of you fighting at once. One side wants to be human and do human things. That side wants to smoke a cigarette. It wants to drink alcohol. It wants to watch pornography. Especially using porn as an example, because porn is an actual, I mean, not porn, but what comes with porn. We all know that answer, just in case there's kids listening. We're not going to get too far into detail, but we all know where porn leads to. And committing adultery goes right along with the actual genome of humankind. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. In the podcast. But while very graphic. And if you think about it somewhat disturbing. Pornography is probably the hardest sin to overcome. Or not even just pornography but adultery. If you're having sex with another person's woman. It's a very difficult thing to stop. And the reason why is because it goes off on something that is natural. It goes off on natural feelings. Cigarettes aren't a natural occurrence in your body where it's just like, oh, well, it's time to smoke a cigarette. But on the other hand, sexual relief is a natural sensation God designed to release dopamines and other um chemicals into our brains and make us feel good. God designed that to be a great experience. The thing is, when it's used in the wrong context for the wrong reasons, then it's a bad thing. So, pornography and adultery and stuff like that is the perfect example. While cigarettes and other things can be used, I feel like um, adultery is probably the best example just because it rolls along the lines of nature. So it is one of those things where probably just about everyone you know has done it. Whether with themselves or with someone else. 
and that's just the truth at least once because we all know when children become teenagers they begin to experience themselves and to find out more about their bodies so that is true but that does not give us excuse to just let it keep rolling on and that's why I brought up Proverbs 6 and 27 can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned you cannot look at that woman that's batting her eyes at you and think that you're not going to lust after her. You can't. It's a battle you cannot win as a man. Now, when you bring God into it, you'll have help. You will. And you might be able to overcome through the power of God. But there's that part of you that you have to battle as well. And see, we focus all of our energy on the enemy. But we don't realize we. We are our greatest enemies. We don't realize that it, until it's too late. And just as much as you within yourself decide, I'm going to fight sin today. I'm going to win against sin today. You don't realize that there's another side of you that's like, I am going to do something wrong today. Like there is a side of you that's just bent. I am going to do something fun today. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to make my other the other side of myself just so mad. And the reason I bring all this stuff up is because I'm going back now. Not just from adultery, but to all things, sin, or just not necessarily good. It is impossible for you to stop at one thing. As they say, give a man an inch and he takes it a mile. It is impossible, unless you bring God in the equation and, you know, you try your best to move on from what you're doing. It is impossible to just go down that road and not come out of it the way that it's naturally going to end. And that's with you giving up. So you put yourself in the right environment. You walk into a bar. And you think that you're going to walk out without getting drunk. Oh, well, I'm a preacher, you know. I, I'm only here to minister to other people, but if you used to deal with alcoholism before you became a preacher, you shouldn't be there. Unless God divinely told you to be there. Because your flesh, I don't care how strong you think you are, your flesh will try its best to take over you. You can be a preacher of 50 years and commit adultery with one of the women in your church. I mean, we've all heard of things like that. We all have. And, and that kind of stuff is very realistic. It actually happens. 
but this man was such a great man of God. I can't believe it. No, you should be able to. We can't put it past our human self, especially in this modern day and time. The reason why I say in this modern day and time, for instance, with sexual sin, sexual sin is probably the most prevalent because it's the least obvious. Cigarettes, you can smell it on them. You can see the cavities in the teeth. You can hear it in their lungs after a certain amount of time. Alcoholism. You can tell they're drunk. You can smell it on their breath. A breathalyzer will work and show you what's going on. And then there's good old porn. Or there's the man that's gotten with his brother's ex-wife. Or brother's wife, for that matter. It's not obvious. The only way it becomes obvious is if someone tells on the other person. That's it. That's seriously the only way anyone will ever know is if someone opens their mouth. And then if you're just doing it with yourself, then it's embarrassing so you don't mention it. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go out to the public. Oh, you want to steal something, and you've already got it in your hand. It's pretty hard to turn around, but it's possible. But it's best to not grab that object that you intended to steal, or or to look at that woman you intended to, to be with that you shouldn't be with premaritally, or <coughs> you shouldn't have been around those folks that you know are going to be drinking tonight. Or you shouldn't have been around those people that you knew were going to be grabbing cigarettes and wanted you to smoke too. It's stuff like that we get ourselves into and then we expect God to get us out of it. I've been there. I've done that. As a matter of fact, in some way or another, we all deal with this every day. Oh, man. I, I just, I got so mad at that guy. I cussed him out. And it's just, well... We never expected you to do something like that. What's wrong with you? Are you a Christian anymore? Yeah. Of course he is. Of course she is. Whoever they may be, they're still a Christian. They still they still support the good things of God. They're just as much human as anyone else, though. But that urge to cuss somebody out or something, it only came because somebody kept pushing that wrong button. And it's the same thing with ourselves. If we keep pushing the wrong buttons, it's just, it's inevitability for us to fail because we are human.
I mean, go back to verse 29. So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. Now, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that when it says touch here, it means um, sexually. But just to make sure, pull out the old Strong's Concordance. Take a look at it. So we're going to break this down real quick. Proverbs 6 and 29. This is how I kind of want these episodes to go from here because now I have my desk all cleaned up and it's ready to rock and roll. And I've got 10 days of quarantine, so I'll probably be forking out these episodes. Um, gives me something to do. So very, very nice. Let's see. Fifty sixty. All right, so let's go down to the Hebrew and Chaldee dictionary. That's fifty sixty. To touch, i.e., lay the hand upon for any purpose, or a euphemism. To lie with a woman. By implication, to reach, to arrive, to acquire, violently, to strike, punish, defeat, destroy, etc. Beat, be able to bring down, cast, come nigh, draw near, draw nigh, get up, happen, join, near, plague, to reach up, smite. Strike or touch. So it says you the purpose euphemism. I mean, I'm sorry to lay the hand upon for any purpose euphemism to lie with a woman. So by application and with the specific context of the scripture, 
I would say it means to lay with a woman. Any man that lays with his neighbor's I'm sorry. So he that goeth unto his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent, might as well say, whosoever layeth with her shall not be innocent. After that, neighbor has went in unto his neighbor's wife. So the reason of using that scripture as an example is because a wife is a good thing, right? Nothing wrong with a wife. That is absolutely a good thing. The Bible in itself says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. So that's that's beautiful. That's amazing. But here is the thing. Where there is positives, there's always some kind of negative. And that is that wife or that husband, either one... can be very destructive, very poisonous for the relationship. And just as much as a good thing can end up being so terrible, especially prayer is not involved and, and the things that we know is right is not involved, stuff like that will happen. And then things become unclean. Just as much as the woman there has become unclean, she is almost herself as a fire. You cannot take her into your bosom and not be burned. You cannot take this woman who has committed adultery and think that you're going to get with her and not come out of this burn. You can't think that you're going to go into that bar Want to hang out with your buddies at 3 o'clock in the morning and think you're going to walk out and not be drunk. Now, is there a possibility you could? Absolutely. There's a possibility that you could leave that, that ball without being drunk. But then again, with the sexual sin, there is absolutely no possibility if you find yourself in depth with that woman you've done went too far. If you done actually grab that beer and you are putting it to your mouth... You have went too far. The only way to stop is for that action to cease immediately. And the likelihood of that happening in the given environment is not going to happen. So what's your environment? And that is where I want to get with this entire episode is environments. What are you doing? So like me, I'm in quarantine. It stinks. And here's why. Because... You know, we go through every day and we're just, oh man, I'm so tired and complaining and blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. Your body is a bundle of energy. And after two days of me doing nothing, today I have energy. I'm up at, at 6.46 a.m. right now. I wake up at 5.30 in the morning and I pray and try to read a little bit of the Bible before the day starts. I've got the entire day to myself. Besides my mother being at the other end of the house because she's quarantined as well. Um, but the thing is, we have no, we have nothing but time to think. I have nothing but time to watch things on my phone. So what am I going to watch? Am I going to put myself in an environment to where 
I'm going to fall into temptation with my phone? Or am I going to put myself into the environment to fall into temptation? I mean, if you look at the books that I have on my desk, for instance, this is a good example. Look at the books that I have on my desk, and you can tell what what I'm after, what I what I like to read, what I like to do. There's books about God. There's books about the Holocaust. There's books about history, like the Titanic sinking. And there's there's books about Jesus Himself. And there's books about history with war. And there's also autobiographies about war. Why do I read about war? And why don't you see a book over here like Twilight or Harry Potter? Because, just from knowing about the genre, again, I don't really know much about Twilight, but just from the genre of it and from seeing the trailers and stuff like that back whenever the movies came out, I can definitely tell it's probably a, a noir romance film of some sort. Um, a supernatural story of sorts. And then there's Harry Potter, where there's magic and this and that junk and all that good stuff. And no. Stuff we don't need to be having. So, am I reading that kind of stuff? No. Now, the stuff that I do read. I read about history. I read about America's history. I read about um, tragedies. I read the Bible. I read books about healing. And I read books like David Hackworth's About Face. Um, for instance, The Holocaust. Some may say, well, that's, that's depressing. Well, it's not for me. To me, it's informative. To me, reading over our past and learning from our mistakes helps us to prevent that from happening again. So, The Diary of Anne Frank is one of the books that's in my collection. Very good book, by the way. Um, I've got three fiction books about the Titanic. While it takes place in a non-fiction environment, it's actually a fiction book, but it's, it's, a, it's a good book series. I highly recommend it. It's, it's, um, it's by Gordon Corman. Yep, by Gordon Corman. It's a three-book series. And no, I'm not being sponsored by them whatsoever. Only war books I have is um, Lone Survivor by Marcus Luttrell, Fierce, Fierce Patriot by Robert L. O'Connell, and About Face by David Hackworth. I had American Sniper, but um, and I also had Steal My Soldier's Hearts by David Hackworth, but um, they were in a bag in my truck. And I threw it out for a little while, not knowing what was in it, and it got rained in. So I lost those books. But anyway, um, you don't see porn books. You don't see romance books. And, and I personally think that um, even war books have a fine line. I don't feel like fiction war books are any good. I don't. 
I feel like the nonfiction kinds really teach you lessons. And and honestly, like even about face, um, it is not necessarily just a war book. It's 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 an autobiography that while it's not meant to teach a lot of lessons, it does. Um, and I haven't read Fierce Patriot yet. It's just sitting on my desk um, in my little book area. So I haven't really read it yet. Um, I would say my book collection is you know maybe 35% Holocaust and tragic history 15% war and 50% spiritual content why why do I read different ver- different types of books why don't I read Harry Potter well because there's things you're entertaining when you read those fiction books that are about things you shouldn't be listening to or I mean reading I'm sorry and it goes right along with what's on your phone what's on your phone but you can delete your history so that's why I use the books as what I call a perfect example because it's visible for all to see everyone knows that I like for instance war books because there would be some people that are Christian that are against all that kind of stuff while I am totally of the opinion that war is biblical. You have to fight for something or you will fall for anything. So the books that I have about war encourage me to develop a mindset of a warrior. That's the point of reading autobiographies that are nonfiction about soldiers. That's why reading books like Lone Survivor puts it... it if this guy can survive Operation Red Wings, and he is the lone survivor of a terrible, terrible tragedy in in the military community. If he can survive that, then reading that book, you could probably pull out a little bit of a spiritual context to it and realize, I can survive Satan's attacks. That's what I do when I read anything or see anything. Just about, I pull out. I try to pull out a spiritual context. About face to me, um, there's actually a point in David Hackworth's life where he actually turns away. He he takes an about face from the life he had lived for so long because he just realizes he doesn't agree with what's going on, and. We, as humans, have to make about faces in our lives if we want to be successful Christians. So again, what's the books that you have on your desk? What kind of things, what kind of environment are you putting yourself in? What kind of things are you putting in your presence
That's why phones are so dangerous. That's why computers are so dangerous. That's why the internet itself is so dangerous. But again, while all of those things can be so good, there is a, there is an evil side of all those things. And all good things have their evil side. I would say, except for a good book, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of great books out there that you can read that are nonfiction and that will teach you a lesson. That will teach you about good things. Or at least teach you about what's happened in the past so that you can do everything you can to prevent it from happening again. Easy. Here's another one. The books that I have about the Holocaust... Let's, let's take, for instance, We Are Witnesses. We Are Witnesses. It's about the Holocaust. I haven't even read it yet. But just, just reading the title of it, We Are Witnesses. They were witnesses of racism, bigotry, and all of the things that we despise and hate today. And yet, <laughs> there's, it's still around and always will be around. Until the earth fades away. Just because... There will always be that person that thinks that they're better than someone else, whether it be because of skin color or because of race or because of ethnic background or because of where they came from or because they got more money or whatever. But reading books like these helps you develop a mindset. Well, this is, this is coming from someone that actually felt what I've been portraying. Oh, my goodness, I've been a racist. I need to stop. It'll teach you. You need to make that about face in your life so that stuff like We Are Witnesses and, and Anne Frank's Diary, the things that happen in Anne Frank's Diary, doesn't happen again. You read the Bible so you can change. You read the Bible so that you can realize what God did for you, why he cared about you so much, and what love he's willing to share with you every day so that you can take encouragement to make it through the day in a whole and acceptable way. That is the point of reading the Bible. What you read, what you see, what you hear, and what you do goes straight to your heart. There is no way on earth you're going to watch pornography and expect to come out of that without finishing what you started, if you know what I mean. There is no way, no way, you're going to lay in bed with your neighbor's wife and think that things aren't going to happen. Don't put yourself in that situation. That is the problem. People... They decide they want something, put themselves in that bad situation, and right when regret starts setting in, they're in the act. And it can't be stopped. So, and, and again, using books as an example because books are what I'm going to be doing. For, you know, once I get done getting my room reorganized and all that stuff, I'm going to be reading books. That's what I'm going to be doing in these 10 days. Hopefully I can finish a good bit of these books that I have here. 
I mean, for instance, about faces, a good 800 or something pages. And, um, I remember there was another one I was reading a while back. Um, I have lived a thousand years. That was a really good one. That was sad that I had, I had to put it down after I read about her father getting taken away. That was, that was, um, absolutely horrendous. Uh, very sad story. Um, but anyway, um, so I've used books as an example. I've used pornography as an example. I've used what you see on your phone as an example. I mean, I remember being a kid and I would watch a video at school and it'd be about this video game that I happen to have and be like, ooh, I want to do that when I get home. And the likelihood of you getting that off your mind until you actually do it is very low. So it's best to not entertain your eyes or your ears with things you shouldn't entertain them with in the first place. Because again, you go back, Proverbs 6 and 27, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? It is impossible for you to... Flirt with sin for long before you give in to it. So don't flirt with sin. Don't dance with the devil. So I hope this episode has been encouraging and enlightening. I know I've been all over the place. I've been a little bit random today. Um, but I hope that I've used some pretty good examples and driven the point farther than home. I don't want to just drive it home. I want to be so repetitive. It just keeps repeating in your mind. Do not dance with the devil because it's impossible to dance with the devil without becoming his partner. Do not dance with the devil. Read a book, read a book, work out. Do something productive. Don't give in to sin. Because it is in those times of laziness and complacency that sin <coughs> will rouse its ugly, nasty head and take advantage of you. I am the chiefest of witnesses. I have seen it. I've done it. So, take a lesson from an imperfect individual wanting to talk to other imperfect individuals and hoping that I can talk to you before it's too late. God bless. Have a great day.